Hello everybody and welcome to another exciting adventure at the Hub World. Today's quest will have us covering the topic of the Game Awards. Um, we will be breaking down what happened tonight at the Game Awards. So, my name is Jules and today our party members are... Just Mateo! Just Mateo, it's just me and Mateo. Uh, I think this yep. is the first ever Jules and Mateo yep. episode. Just us two. Gino is too tired. Yeah, not two brothers, just too tired. Whether you're joining us from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to give us a like or a follow. So let's get the adventure rolling. Let's kick it off with a bonus game icebreaker. So we had a suggestion from one of our subscribers on one of our previous videos coming from Zelda Drama. Our icebreaker today is, if you could be any Legend of Zelda character, which one would you be? I've never thought of this before, to be honest with you. I honestly wouldn't want to be Link. I wouldn't want to be Zelda or Ganondorf. I wouldn't want to be a Triforce Bearer. I would want to be one of the side characters in the town, just like watching things go down. I don't know. Those side characters get destroyed in all the games. Like, they go through the worst stuff. Not all of them. It'd be kind of cool to be like Beetle and Skyward Sword, because if... Someone doesn't buy something from you. You can just dump them out and make them potentially fall to their death. I think that'd be hilarious. I don't know, like a side character that like has like a mini game or something. I think that'd be kind of cool. Or I could be Tot. Tot from Wind Waker is the grooviest guy around with his death moves. Like I understand that the responsibility of a Triforce bearer is a tough one, and most of the links go through quite the ordeal. As well as most of the Zeldas, and he, honestly, even even Ganon, he goes through quite quite a bit. He's he's suffered quite a bit, um, both before and during the events of all the games. So, I can also kind of agree with that. I don't know if I'd want to be Link, Zelda, or Ganondorf. Oh, this is the tough one. You know what? Like, if I was gonna be a towns person, I feel like the only town that makes sense like where i would want to be like the only one i feel like goes through like no ordeals at all is skyloft so i feel like if i was going to be a towns person i think it would be cool to be on skyloft you know like i feel like it's pretty chill up there even Terrytown from breath of the wild i'm a big fan of Terrytown. that seems like a chill place to live you know what i know who i want to be i want to be yeto from twilight princess living okay. alone in the mountains just with somebody i love you know, just picking leaf skateboards off of trees and making, making soup. soup. Like, that's <laughs> the life. That is the dream life. Like, living away from from all of civilization and just, like, living with your partner and in a giant-ass mansion, making soup and picking stuff off trees. Like, that sounds like, that sounds like retirement. Remember, if you have any topics you would like us to discuss for the icebreaker, just leave them in the comments and we'll draw it like we how we drew Zelda Drama's topic. And thank you to Zelda Drama for the icebreaker. Yep. Okay, so on to some housekeeping, um, fetch quests. Now, we've been doing podcasts semi-frequently lately, so I feel like we don't have a ton to talk about, but at least one major thing has happened since our last recording session, which I'm sure you'll talk about more than me, Mateo. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get to that one in a sec. I'll I'll start with just some little things. So, firstly, as of today, the day of the Game Awards, there was a new Hisuian variant announced for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, that Hisuian variant being um, Hisuian Voltorb. It's grass and electric. It looks like an old Pokeball. I personally think it looks dumb. I still think it's fun, but I think it looks stupid. <laughs> So that's my take on that. I love the design. I really do. I honestly like it better than regular Voltorb. I mean, it, it. I'm excited to see the Electrode. The eyes looked so stupid, like, on Voltorb. I didn't like how it had, like, those generic, like, anime eyes. There's a lot more detail on the model for it. Like, you can see, like, the wood texture and stuff. Like, I think that's... I really like that, to be honest with you. I am very excited to see Electrode as well. And I love the typing. And other kind of stuff, so just like personally, I finally received my Zelda Game & Watch. It's really cool. I I played on it for a little bit, but realistically, I just got it to display. Um, you'll actually get to get a little sneak peek at that. Um, or there's a sneak peek at something that's coming next week on our channel, but you'll get to see my, uh, my Game & Watch. Let's just say that. And then also... I know I've been saying this the last two fetch quests, but those damn sitting cuties on PokemonCenter.com, they finally went up, the Gen 4 ones. 
they finally dropped the the Pokemon I wanted, and I got them both. I have learned that I am now one of the prime Pokemon Center lurkers because I have caught when all of these things come up like immediately, like literally as maintenance is happening to the site. For this wave, I saw them go up, and you couldn't even add them to cart yet. And I sat there, sat there, sat there till it said till I got a maintenance is happening on the site refresh thing. And then I refreshed and then they were able to be added to cart. So I was like literally there the second they were available. So somehow I am this person now. Well, the thing is we have a lot of experience with that because you remember how like Amiibos and like Nintendo special editions and stuff like that, like the skills we've learned throughout the agonizing process of getting Nintendo stuff has trained us for this moment. Yes. But it's like so different because normally I'm like on a Reddit and the Reddit like informs me. This is like I would be the person doing the Reddit post in this case. Like I was just like on there. Like I've just made a habit that every morning when I wake up, I would check Pokemon Center. And I've learned that it was all for naught because Lucario and Weavile have been up there for three days and have not sold out. In fact, the only ones that have actually sold out and the only ones who sold out right away were Garchomp and Shaman and Rotom Lawnmower form for some reason. <laughs> that's so random it's been, I assume that one's because they didn't make a lot of them but some more have like sold out now like Luke's Ray and Shanks and some of the other popular ones but yeah so those are there and then the other thing too just to let you all know is in my lurking of PokemonCenter.com stuff because I often lurk and this is more for people in Canada in the states doesn't matter today actually I was lurking PokemonCenter.com on the Sitting Cutie page, and I saw the rest of the Gen 4 Sitting Cuties that haven't gone up, such as Regigigas, Heatran, Gliscor, all the remaining ones suddenly appeared, and they all said sold out, which all that means is that they like added the pages, but they haven't added them to the site. Now, very oddly enough, the only Gen 4 Pokemon missing was Arceus, which leads me to believe that they may be doing the same thing here that they're doing in the States, which is if you buy Pokemon Legends Arceus through Pokemon Center, you get the Legends, or sorry, you get the Arceus Sitting Cutie for free. It's like a part of it. It's a pre-order bonus, which is really cool. Like that actually makes me want to buy it from Pokemon Center. But anyway, I think the big thing that we both probably want to, talk about is that halo's campaign dropped yesterday yeah it launched at 10 a.m on wednesday normally digital titles uh, if you pre-order or pre-download a digital title you'd be able to play at like 9 p.m the night before so it would have been tuesday night but halo infinite dropped globally at a specific time which was 10 a.m pacific on wednesday which is that's fine it was an additional update, so I downloaded it in the morning before I went to work, and I watched the opening cutscene and played the first bit of the first mission, and I knew immediately Halo Infinite would be my game of the year. Like, I was so impressed by what I saw in just in that brief amount of time playing the game that between that and the multiplayer, I'm like, this game is incredible. Like, we had a conversation, I said, is it absurd to say that Halo Infinite is like, one of the most influential games or the biggest games to come out since breath of the wild and i the more i play of halo infinite the more i believe that it is one of the biggest launches since breath of the wild like it's one of the most important games to come out since then i think what halo infinite's campaign is doing for the genre could potentially be standard for sure it'll be the standard for the halo series i think going forward but other campaigns for other shooters might do the same thing the open world works really well in Halo, I was really hesitant with the idea of it, but upon playing it for five hours so far, it just works so well, being able to drive your vehicles around, and then, oh, there's, like, there's, things are constantly popping up, there's so many things to do, it doesn't feel like things are being shoved down your throat, like, things just organically appear in the game, you can do it at your own pace, you can do none of it if you want, like, you can just go straight into the missions. I just think it's really well done, 343 should be really commended for what they did with halo infinite i think if this game would have flopped the series probably wouldn't be able to come back from this and probably 343 wouldn't either so halo infinite really is a masterpiece it's so good yeah i mean i haven't played much of it i've really only played the first two missions so i i haven't i've yet to experience the open world element but just in general what i'm playing it feels really tight like i'm enjoying it quite a bit the premise is really cool 
Um, and I'm excited to see how the game opens up. So it is very promising, and that that's really cool. Like I think it's it's the perfect way to end off a year of games where, like, especially this will be a nice segue into our main topic. I feel that the year was fairly lackluster, and that's very evident by our lineup of game of the year contenders because not that any of them were bad games but i think in an average year of gaming or even like a good year of gaming at least three of the six games that were nominated probably would not have been nominated it was almost like they were the only good games to release this year not that they were the best games you know like I'm sure Psychonauts 2 is a great game. I know Ratchet and Clank is a great game. Like we're not really going to talk a lot about what the winners are, so I don't mind talking about that now, but even though I like both those games, even though they're great games, like in a typical year those games are not going to hit your game of the year contenders because they're just not it and like that really showed when they lost every single category like neither of those games won anything like if you're a game of the year contender oftentimes every game that's nominated for game of the year wins at least something um unless there's like a massive game that year that was like such a big like the, like one of those breath of the wild years right where like there's such a massive game that pulls everything i and i don't feel like that was the case this year i like really just felt like this year there wasn't really a massive game to pull all the awards and there were a bunch of games nominated for game of the year not because they deserved it but because there wasn't really anything this year whereas halo infinite is that game right like halo infinite's that game that had this launched two months earlier it probably would have won like the vast majority of the awards. Halo Infinite literally missed the cutoff by like two weeks. It yeah. was so close. It would have swept everything it was nom- it would have been nominated in, honestly. It's that good of a game. Like this is probably the biggest actually this is the biggest Halo release since Halo three in two thousand seven. It's brought the series back to its roots. And the funny thing was during the game awards when we were watching it anytime they showed like a streamer streaming a game or or whatever they were playing halo infinite so even though halo infinite wasn't officially able to be nominated for awards it actually did win fan voted game of the year which they extended it to that because it's purely fan voted so like like if a game released yesterday it would have been eligible for it even though it wasn't formally able to win any of the awards it was still very present it's kind of like how smash ultimate was when yeah that year out, right yeah so and it'll be back next year to actually win awards with that i feel like it's okay for us to move into the awards so like i just kind of said we're not really going to focus much on what won what didn't we don't have a lot of opinions on that because like we kind of said in our predictions um we didn't play a lot of the games that were nominated this year because there weren't really a lot of games and so we're not really going to talk about that we are going to be doing our own little spin on a game of the year kind of like award like the hub world kind of own spin on awards which we're going to be doing when we come back after the holidays um so that will be in january but stay tuned for that it's going to be very different than the game awards um with our own like kind of fresh take on things but for today we what we really want to talk about are the announcements which is i feel like what the bulk of the game awards is about now like it's not really about the awards it's really about the new content and while i do feel that there could have been more this year ultimately this was a pretty solid year relative to other years like there was quite a bit announced so we'll go over some of those things so mateo i'm gonna pass it over to you to kind of like walk us through what we're going to talk about there like you said jules there's there's actually a decent amount of stuff to talk about and i kind of split things into two categories like the stuff that won't take very long to talk about more like headline type news and then the stuff that i feel like we are going to talk more about so just i want to talk about the the headline first so this is personally for me tunic is that zelda like sort of isometric dungeon crawler dark souls ish type game starting the little fox guy. I played a demo of it around E3 because they released a demo and uh, it finally got a release date. This game was announced at like the Microsoft E3 conference in like 2017 and it's coming out on March 16th. Day after my birthday. Yako actually asked me to include this, but uh, he is him and Riley are both very hyped for a uh, new Warhammer Space Marine 2. So just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. I and mean then, it does look cool. 
does look it very does. cool. Look very Gears of War like. At first, I thought it was StarCraft, but then I, I then I saw the actual logo. I'm like, okay, definitely, I can I can see it's Space Marine now. But yeah, Yako played the crap out of Space Marine. I think it was a 360 game. Another funny thing happened was before the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley mentioned how he was working on a reveal with a Japanese developer for about two and a half years. Everyone thought, oh, it's Kojima, it's Kojima, it's Kojima. It wasn't Kojima. It was actually the creator of the Silent Hill franchise. He left Konami, started his own studio, and he announced his own game. It's very similar to Silent Hill. It's called Slitherhead. So that was a world premiere. Also, another premiere that I can't really talk much about, but I know is a big deal, is actually Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake was a... Originally was an Xbox 360 exclusive. It's now since been re-released on multiple platforms via the Definitive Edition that came out recently. And it's going to be a survival horror game. Remedy was making a big deal about how this is going to be their first ever survival horror game, how they're excited to dabble into the genre. And fans have been clamoring for an Alan Wake sequel, and now we're going to get it. So I might actually play Alan Wake 1 and might check the Alan Wake 2 out because the, the teaser trailer was quite good. Uh, next up was another trailer for Horizon Forbidden West. They could show me literally anything at this point. They honestly didn't even need to show this trailer. And I would have still been excited for Horizon Forbidden West. The trailer looked fantastic. It was more of like a montage type trailer. The game looks so good. I have it pre-ordered. I can't wait. Horizon Zero Dawn is my favorite PS4 game. So that's coming out in February, I believe. So, Jules, you got you to gotta get Horizon done by February. I know. I really do. We're going to be talking a lot about Horizon Forbidden West when it comes out. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of my over the holidays games potentially like i have quite a few but horizon i definitely will need to play before the second one comes out because i do definitely intend to buy that game when it comes out and i do want to play it um i think it looks phenomenal like and i always thought the first one looked phenomenal it was just you know it came out poor timing it literally came out a month before breath of the wild <laughs> yeah it was poor timing and when it came out and then by the time i did pick it up I'd already moved on to something else, so hopefully I'll get that in. Just a few more I have here. It's also Halo-related. Probably should have put this right after we were talking about Halo Infinite, but they debuted the first trailer for the Halo TV series that's coming up on Paramount Plus next year. It was a very teasery teaser. There wasn't really that much. It seemingly is a prequel to Halo 1. Halsey's in it. Chief is in it. There's a couple new characters that they showed. Gino screamed High Charity at one point because we saw High Charity in the trailer. I'm really excited for that show. I might have to get a Paramount Plus subscription because between this big mega South Park deal that was signed on this uh, for Paramount Plus and now the Halo series and then think avatar stuff might be going on there also i believe so and a fun fun little fact too that jen taylor is reprising her role as cortana yeah. in the halo tv show i thought it looked great like i i didn't expect like i didn't care what the story was like i just literally wanted to see the visuals like what is this gonna look like and it reminded me a lot of something like mandalorian like i was very impressed they nailed the design of master chief yeah. Like, it definitely did look cool. Looks incredible. I would have liked to hear heard his voice, but they're gonna have to keep some stuff under wraps because they're gonna need to build hype with another trailer closer to when the show actually comes out. Oh, totally. And then lastly, only because we personally probably won't be playing this game, I decided to put Elden Ring's story trailer in this little category to round it out. I personally have absolutely no interest in Elden Ring at all. I know Riley does. It's his most anticipated game. He loves From Software Games and George R. R. Martin. So that is mm -hmm. a match made in heaven for him. I found the little part with Jeff talking to what's it he called it pot friend or, or or pot buddy, whatever it was, the robot guy. I thought that was super cringe. Every game awards has a really cringy moment. And the little pot guy that gave Jeff Keighley the envelope was very cringe, in my opinion. I'm excited for the game. I'm not going to play it because I don't like Souls games, but I'm definitely going to watch Riley play it. I think that it's definitely the most... And, like, I mean, this makes sense with George R. R. Martin being part of it. It definitely seems like, of the Souls games, it's very um, lore-heavy 
Whereas like most Souls games kind of just throw you into the world and don't give you a lot of background. It seems like this game is kind of really building that lore into the whole idea of it. And, you know, like I think it looks cool. I think it looks bizarre and like weird and epic all at the same time. And I'm excited to see what what comes out of it for sure. Um, and I can understand why it's a lot of people's most anticipated game of the year because ultimately it's this beautiful collaboration between what is one of the most impactful new genres in video gaming melded with one of the most notable fantasy like literature writers of our our generation right like and that's that's something that i feel we're seeing a lot in gaming now is like we're getting to that point now where other media is entering video games right we're starting to see those collaborations and we're starting to see like superhero media come into here we're starting to see things like the matrix and like other movies enter the gaming sphere we're starting to see people like guillermo del toro who's like a masterful filmmaker and george r R. martin who's this high profile literature writer like enter the gaming sphere and we're starting to see that a lot right so i think it is something that that will be an incredible landmark for gaming if uh if it hits the hits the mark absolutely now we're going to talk about the things that were big announcements yeah for me and you (laughs) yeah and there's actually a fair amount so like i split this up into three categories sonic dc and predictions that we made in our predictions episode that came true so I think we should start with that. The predictions that we made, I made one that came true and you made one that came true. You willed yours into existence, I believe. But quickly for me, I thought Hellblade 2 was going to be shown. It was two years since we saw it at the Game Awards when it was first debuted. And they showed a gameplay trailer of it. And the game looks incredible, how seamless the cinematic and gameplay is like how like it literally one feeds into another the other without getting into spoilers for the the trailer if you don't want to see it but it looks beautiful i love senua's design and the scenario that they were in in the trailer was very interesting i just can't wait for this game they didn't give a release date i don't don't remember if they did but i just can't wait for that game it's going to be on game pass day one when it comes out because it's a first party microsoft title and that was the first thing at the very beginning that Hellblade opened the show. So I, they started it with a bang. To kind of like segue off of that, the uh, the other thing we like that I predicted that is also the other Microsoft announcement was finally after years we've we get to see Cuphead the delicious last course. And this trailer didn't need to show much other than a release date. I feel to get me excited, which it did. But damn, that quality that they put into that, like, I don't don't even want to call it a trailer. Like, I don't even know what to call that. That, that, like, old-timey showcase. It was so well done. It started with the performance, which was fantastic. They upstaged Sting. (laughs) The funny thing, too, is that, like, because we were watching it over Discord together, and I actually missed the first hour of the the show, so I kind of popped in. Um, around this time and like they start singing this song and i was just like what are they doing right now like where's the games and then somebody pointed out that cuphead was yeah mateo pointed out that there was cuphead in the background and i was like oh i didn't even like i didn't even notice it but it was so awesome and then um and then just like going into the to the kind of like info video like was so cool um we got a little bit of a glimpse at like what we're gonna get um but not too much so it wasn't too like like giving away everything. We got a nice little taste and then we got our release date. And you know what? Like sure it's halfway through next year that is coming out, but that's a hell of a lot sooner than it's felt the last three years without a date. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, Jules, it was worth it. Waiting those three years got us that stop motion, like puppet portion of the cuphead reveal. That's probably what took them so long. If I'm being honest, I'm actually very surprised that accompanying the delicious last course we didn't get a first look at the cuphead show that's coming to netflix yeah actually i completely forgot about that we can continue on so what's the next thing mateo i think uh we should talk about our favorite uh, blue hedgehog next it was really really interesting how sonic was represented in the game awards i thought for sure they would have followed the movie trailer with the new game the sonic 2 trailer was 
brought out by Ben Schwartz, and Jim Carrey was there. He did a little bit. It was really funny. But the trailer itself, like, I had no expectations for this movie. I thought it was just going to be more of the same. But no, like adding Tails really does make a difference, I feel. And having Tails' video game voice actress playing Tails, like it works so well. Like For me, like she is the only voice for Tails. And yeah, I feel like they I made agree. the right decision by keeping her on and not hiring a Hollywood celebrity to play Tails. I feel like what was missing in the first Sonic movie, um, and this is often, I feel like, with film adaptations of anything, right? Like with Transformers was like this. But a lot of movies like to throw their human characters in in these like major roles and then our live action movies suffer because they need to like shoehorn these like the like for example transformers right the main character instead of being the transformers themselves who it should be is these human characters which is fine like yeah. have your human characters but i feel like with this movie they've really found a clear direction where in the trailer james marsden was barely in it even with the marketing of this movie i really feel and I think that this is partially to do with how well Jim Carrey did in the first film. I really think moving forward, Jim Carrey is the lead of this film. Like, he's the lead human actor, and they don't need Sonic to have a companion because Jim Carrey, as the human character, will be that person yeah. carrying the like human aspect of the, the movie. And now they can have Sonic with Tails, right? They don't need to throw James Marsden in there. He'll still be in it, but... He, he doesn't need to be his companion. Sonic has tails now, and like now they're even throwing Knuckles in there. Um, and I like that they're doing kind of like the, a spin on Knuckles' first introduction, where he is teaming up with Dr. Eggman. I think that's a great idea. And I, and I like that even, like, they're not even bringing the Chaos Emerald in yet, but they're using the Master Emerald, which is great. I'm expecting the Chaos Emeralds to show up in the third game, the third movie. And Supersonic to make his debut in the film. I think it looks good. I think like it looks a lot more fun than the first one. The first one was already really fun. I really was happy to see Sonic and Tails on the tornado. And Sonic mm -hmm. was riding on the wings like it was he does in the games. Like That was such a cool shot. I'm happy they're bringing that moment into yeah. the movie. And there's also there's a lot of video game callbacks in the yeah. trailer itself. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more in the movie. My only thing is Idris Elba, he doesn't sound like Knuckles, right? Like they don't need to bring Knuckles voice actor into the into the movie. If they wanted to keep Idris Elba, like they want to have him in the movie, try to sound like Knuckles at least, like instead of just sounding like Idris Elba. But I'll challenge this a little bit. So I f I feel that too. I feel like yeah, he doesn't really sound like Knuckles, but maybe the reason that they cast Idris Elba and Knuckles is because he can do both, right? Like, in this movie, he's going to be playing an antagonist, so he's going to be portraying his voice in that kind of deeper, like, darker, more mysterious tone. But as we've seen from Idris Elba, like, for example, in Suicide Squad, he can play a lighter, fun character as well. And I wouldn't put it past them that they're going to introduce Knuckles with this, like, edge to start, but then dial him back toward the end of the movie when he starts to... Oh, to yeah. I'm right, totally and be more like that. I can see him being more of like the knuckles that we know, and I think Idris Elba can pull that off as well by the end of the movie and into the third movie as well, right? When I hear Idris Elba's voice, I just hear like I hear Shere Khan, I hear yeah. Bloodsport, I hear like all his characters that he's done. So it's a very interesting choice, but I'm sure I trust them at this point. And know what? The way that they look, like Tails and Knuckles, look great. They look awesome. They animated yep. them well. Absolutely. I, part of me really wishes I could see what they would have done with Tails and Knuckles in the original style. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, but I'm happy with, like, I think they look great. Like, honestly, and, and Tails, most of all. Like, I think Tails of all of them looks fantastic. Like, I think Tails looks more accurate and better than Sonic and Knuckles do. And And I think that maybe partially has to do with the fact that Colleen O'Shaughnessy is also voicing him, um, which helps. But, like, I I just think they're doing a great job, and I'm very excited for this movie. We should talk about the other Sonic. Yes. So I think this was genuinely the biggest surprise of the entire Game Awards. This was, like... Even though we kind of knew it was going to happen. We knew, well, we knew Sonic Frontiers was coming. Don't get me wrong. We knew it was called Sonic Frontiers. 
Now, I don't know if there were leaks around it, but I never read a leak that told me the type of game it was. There were rumors it was going to be like this. Okay, so I, I didn't know that at all. So I'll give you all the context. of. So we're watching it, and we're like, okay, we're going to see from Sonic Frontiers now, blah, blah, blah. And then Sonic runs to like the edge of the cliff, and then Mateo like jokingly said like he's going to jump off and use the paraglider from Breath of the Wild. And I laughed, and then suddenly it's like Breath of the Wild World, and I was like, what the hell? I was actually like crying laughing. I was like, this is absurd. Like, why is Sonic in a in a Breath of the Wild world. And don't get me wrong, I'm super excited. I I think it's going to be bad, like everything Sega does in Sonic now. I hope it's not. Um, I hope that they pulled in enough money from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that they can produce a solid game. But I'm totally expecting it to be riddled with bugs and yep. virtually unplayable. But in the event that it does work out, I'm so interested to see how Sonic does an open world game like that's insane so sonic team usa's creative officer takashi izuka gave a quote he said sonic frontiers is a huge leap forward for the franchise delivering an evolved gameplay experience that can be enjoyed by longtime sonic fans and action adventure enthusiasts alike we've created an all-new style of gameplay experience for sonic where players will be able to explore lush and expansive landscapes with Sonic's signature speed and abilities. And they're referring to Sonic Frontiers as uh, the series' first open-zone-inspired gameplay. I like how they're not calling it open-world, they're calling it open-zone. Like, I was fully on board with the rumors about them doing, uh, like, an open-world Sonic game. But... There's literally nothing about the world that invokes anything Sonic. Like it could be another game just with Sonic as the main character. Like the environments don't look like anything we've ever seen in any other Sonic game, which both makes me really happy and really nervous at the same time. I might not buy this game right away just based on how many times I've been burnt by Sonic in the past. The last Sonic game I bought at launch that I didn't regret immediately buying was Sonic Mania. In recent years, Sonic games have been more bad than good. And especially if they're going in this ambitious direction. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until people have played it and people have like talked about it. And it's like, I love to hate Sonic, but I truly love Sonic. And if this game is fantastic, I will be so happy. Listen, this is the thing, though. And this is Sega, if anybody on on the hierarchy of Sega is listening to our podcast right now, please listen to me and please take my advice. One, your games are always unpolished. Okay? Just let's take that with context. You should delay this game a full year. A full year. Okay? Don't release it holiday 2022. Release it holiday 2023. That will give you time to polish it. And... It will also ensure that, because it, it doesn't matter, this could be the best Sonic game ever released. But if you release it next holiday, when most likely Breath of the Wild 2 launches, your game will get destroyed. It yep. doesn't matter how good it is. Nobody's going to buy Sonic Breath of the Wild when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Like, delay that game. Like, honestly, like now I'm all on board for that game, but realistically it's going to get so overshadowed by horizon and breath of the wild 2 that i feel like it's just delay it just delay it a little bit more give yourself a bit more time to polish it because we all know you need it and release a really good sonic game the following year like the biggest tell for me will be once the pricing information of this game comes out if the game gets priced at a budget game price like Sonic Forces was. Worried. That, no, you won't even need to be worried. You know what it's going to be like. I, I would already admit that the game is probably not going to be what we want it to be at that point. They need to be confident with this game. They have to launch it at full retail price like every other big AAA game is. Yeah, Sonic games aren't AAA games anymore, but they need to make us think that these this game will be that. I agree. If they have confidence, it'll gonna, it's going to resonate with the consumers as well. I agree. That game, though, 
it did look incredible from what we saw. Like, it, it, or at least has the potential to be incredible. I really think that. So let's just say, like, it does come out next year, and so does Breath of the Wild 2. We'll be getting three Breath of the Wild, like, looking games next year with Legends Arceus, Breath of the Wild, and Sonic. And I know Legends Arceus is not open world, and but, like, it's Breath still Horizon. clearly inspired. And Horizon. If you if open world games are your favorite genre, you'll be eating good next year. So Yeah. Okay, well we should move forward and talk about the other few things that were announced. Yeah, so um, DC a month after a very underwhelming DC fandom came out swinging with two big reveals at the Game Awards. The first one is the reveal of a brand new game that we actually talked about in our DC games episode way back. I think it was like episode three or four, something like that. And I remember, Jules, you actually thought of this and you we had a long discussion about it. You said it would have been a great idea to make a Wonder Woman game. And we got a Wonder Woman game announced. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a better studio at Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment than Monolith to work on Wonder Woman. Monolith, yeah. if you don't know, worked on the Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor franchise. The first one was really good. That game actually was nominated for games Game of the Year back when it came out. The second one, not so much. There was a lot of microtransaction BS that was included in that game that really hindered the experience. But I feel like with Wonder Woman and DC and like she being the, the icon and big draw that she is, I don't expect any stuff like that to be in the game. I think this is going to be the start of a new series, and there is so much potential for it, for this, even though all we saw was what her her design is going to be in the game. I think the game, like, I think it's a great idea. Like I said, like, I know everybody's clamoring for a Superman game or a Flash game, but I think Wonder Woman just, like, has earned her place, and I feel like her mythos lends itself well to a video game. Like, I think this yeah. game will be cool, and I... I agree. Like, I think Monolith is a great studio. Because, like, I haven't... Like, I played a bit of Shadow of Mordor, and I, I didn't love it. Well, sorry, I like the gameplay. I just didn't get into it, and I didn't pick up Shadow of War. But I know they're quality games. That's the thing. Is like, even just playing them, I was like, these are really good games. What didn't interest me was the fact that they felt very, like... Like, they were in the realm of Lord of the Rings. I knew they weren't canon, and I just... It was hard to get into them. But... Like, I would play a Wonder Woman game made by them, for sure. Like, I think Wonder Woman will work very well in, like, an Assassin's Creed slash little bit more action-y hybrid that Shadow of Mordor was. And I'm sure they're not going to just put Wonder Woman paint on Shadow of Mordor. I'm sure they're going to be developing their own battle systems and their own ideas for the game. And I think it's going to be great. Like, I mm-hmm. Like, very exciting. My thing is Wonder Woman needs to feel powerful because mm-hmm. she has a lot of the same abilities superman has she's got super speed she's got flight she has super strength she's got super durability things like that and those abilities need to translate into the game as well and i feel like if they can nail that then a superman game won't be this outlandish idea that people have like there mm-hmm. could legitimately be a game a superman game because if you can solve those problems with Wonder Woman, you can probably do it with Superman. So I think one could, I think this could lead into that eventually, and hopefully this becomes the start of a new world that maybe DC can build for video games. Like to transition into Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Like I said during the Game Awards, we were watching. I'm like, man, we actually have to kill the Justice League in the game. That would that would make me real sad because. This is, you know, this set in the Arkhamverse, and, you know, throughout the Batman games, there were nods and Easter eggs and, and what what have you to a greater DC universe. And if, just say, the Flash dies in this in this game, what we won't be able to see that. But with Wonder Woman, maybe that can start something else, and then they can end this Arkhamverse with Suicide Squad. And with Suicide Squad, though, that gameplay trailer really got me hyped for the game it's still coming out in 2022 like they said i wouldn't be surprised if it got delayed but rocksteady is 
a developer I trust. None of the Arkham games are bad, so they've never made a bad game. Surprisingly, this is the third time we've seen the game. This is the first time we've seen the gameplay for it. Every character plays very differently from each other. Like, they did say that, I think, in the initial reveal. Like, King Shark is, like, the tanky character, and then your ranged character will be Deadshot. Harley looks like an up-close fighter. And then Amanda Waller, voice actress, actually came out on the screen, onto onto the stage and, and gave a sort of introductory bit as Amanda Waller. And she was very menacing. And if, if that's the type of performance we're going to get in the game, then she is going to be perfect in yeah, that role. She's going to be great. The thing is, like, I, I know it's hard because it's connected to the Arkhamverse, so it's like you don't want them to kill the Justice League. But in my mind, I'm like, the Arkhamverse is over. So I'm okay with them doing this. Um, I also just think it's a great concept, like killing the Justice League. Like I'm actually gonna have a lot of fun. I'm like partially sold on the game. When they first announced it, I wasn't super sold on it. After seeing this, I'm both more sold and less sold on it because I think the gameplay looks fantastic. So one of my biggest fears with the game going in was that if you're developing four different characters that are this unique how well is the game going to play when you have to balance around all these different playstyles? But now actually seeing the gameplay, the characters are like, the gameplay is the same, no matter which character you are. It's at the end of the day, it's a third person shooter. The gameplay doesn't change, but the abilities that you have are going to be different, which is great. Now, my new fear of the game is that one of my biggest gripes of the game I mean, there's many gripes I have with a game like Marvel's Avengers, but one of the biggest gripes I have with a game like that is sometimes in co-op games where you're in a sandbox or like an open world, the game gives you free reign to like go wherever you want and you don't even need to stick around your squad. And to me, that destroys the whole purpose of co-op because then it just feels like I'm missing out on things if my squad mates are off somewhere else in the world doing something else and I'm missing part of the action. So from this trailer, I was noticing that the characters were getting pretty far away from each other, and that was a little bit concerning to me, although I know like this was just a brief showcase and like we don't have all the information, but I'm just hoping that that's not the case and it's more like something like, you know, like Halo or like Gears of War where you know, like you get to an encounter space and of course you can move around within that large encounter area, but you can't really just leave. Like I can't just go off to another part of the city and start doing things without my squad because I think that's just unfair to the experience. Um, yeah. And that will make me, that will definitely push me away from wanting to play the game in um, co-op if that's the case. But I am very excited. I think it looks really cool. I'm like really excited to play with like you and, and Gino and Riley. Um, and I think all of us have a character we're gravitating towards, right? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. like you're the Boomerang guy. Like, you love Captain Boomerang, so I'm sure you're going to gravitate toward him. Like, Gino's going to play King Shark, like, for sure. Riley's definitely all going to be on Deadshot with that sniping kind of, like, Weapon Master. And, you know, I'm going to go for Harley because I like the chaos and I like, I like her character. So I think it's going to be fun. And no, the thing is, I'm not sick and tired of seeing this game. Like, normally by the third time you would see this game, like, see a game... You kind of know everything about it, but we've only seen four, these four characters in basically the exact same environment. Like, we've seen mm-hmm. the Flash already from Fandom. We haven't seen any other members of the Justice League as much as we've seen the Flash. We haven't seen whether you go to another city or another part of Metropolis. It's always been Metropolis in yeah, the daytime right. with these four characters. So, like, there's a lot we don't know yet, and I feel like E3 is going to be the time where it's just going to blow the doors down for this game those were the two dc announcements that should have been a dc fandom in my opinion still but hey we got them at the game awards so at least we got something so the biggest announcement i feel coming out of the game awards was the new game star wars eclipse and this game is in very very early development and they stressed that jeff Keeley made sure to say hey this game is in early development it's being developed by Quantic Dream and Lucasfilm Games. Uh, Quantic Dream, if you're not familiar with them, they are a mostly PlayStation-exclusive studio. They worked on Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, most recently, I believe. But the thing is, if I, I feel like if they this game was going to be a PlayStation-exclusive, they would have said it right away. Yeah, most likely. A big game like this shouldn't be exclusive, really. They did say that the game 
promises a multiple character branching narrative, which I find is really interesting because this also takes place during the High Republic. And if you don't uh, aren't familiar with what the High Republic is, basically, it is a new era of Star Wars that Lucasfilms is looking at. They're developing a Disney Plus show, potential movies, comics that are take. It takes place before the prequel trilogy, and hundreds of years before the prequels. But in its trailer, we see. I from what I think, uh, my theory is that we're going to see the creation of the trade federation and that could pinpoint this towards the potential end of the high republic like we saw yoda in the trailer we saw coruscant and all that like and like the the trade federation ships and bases you see in space at the end of phantom menace i really hope it's more towards the end of the high republic than the beginning but they basically have an empty canvas with this. They can do whatever the heck they want because the High Republic is so new and there, there isn't a lot of material there to cover. But I, I'm happy it's going to be an action-adventure game because that's my personal favorite genre. So, But like, I'm not expecting to see this game probably for another two years. Like, it's, yeah, They say it's early not. on. They probably are just finished concepts and stuff like that. They probably just had enough time to make this trailer. But yeah, I like how we're seeing all the alien races and stuff like that. Like that's something that I missed in like the EA Battlefront games, like the new ones and Jedi Fallen Order. That this big part of Star Wars was seeing like all alien races and things like that. And man, I, I watched this trailer like three times and I I can't even count. Like there it, it seems like they understand Star Wars and there's a lot of mystery behind this because like the whole drumming things like those guys drumming I have no idea who those guys are what I'm interested in is like one thing I've always kind of like I said this in our Star Wars like one of our very early episodes I believe it was like episode two or episode three um, when we talked about Star Wars and I remember saying that like my dream is that they do a Palpatine game I really feel like with the especially with the new lore that's been developed in the sequel trilogy as well as like this high republic show that's coming out called the acolyte like i really would not be surprised if because the high republic is also exploring yoda and eclipse looks like it's taking place near the end of the high republic era like really bridging into the prequel era i wouldn't be surprised if some of this might even explore the origins of like Palpatine and Darth Plagueis because like those drummers they gave me the vibes of like the um Sith acolyte that were in Rise of Skywalker right like all those like chanting like terrifying things that were like worshiping Palpatine and it's almost like what if this is like that story like what if this is that story of like Palpatine being that figure that like chosen one figure for the sith and like maybe that that's part of what this is about um Mm -hmm. it would be really cool if they that was somehow tied together and like maybe it's not going to be explicitly explored in the game like maybe you're never going to hear the name palpatine or any reference to the sith but maybe this is like the jedi discovering these sith acolytes not realizing what they are and like later media or later movies or later projects are going to tie them to the Sith and we're going to get that origin kind of explored, right? To me, Star Wars Eclipse was the standout. And I know it's just a trailer, but the potential is there. And I felt like the Game Awards in general was super front-loaded with announcements. So... There wasn't anything that could match this level of hype that I had for this announcement later on in the show. But one quick little thing I want to talk about before we close off for this episode is Nintendo did not announce anything. And I think this is the first time in the modern incarnation of the Game Awards that Nintendo didn't announce anything at all. And I think that's definitely by design. Like... The whole thing, the rumor about them bringing Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever that we kind of talked about in the last episode didn't happen. Nintendo did re- did release a weird trailer, though, that had all the games that they're expecting to release next year in it. So like Splatoon 3 and Kirby and Breath of the Wild sequel and all that. But 
in terms of new announcements from Nintendo, they were completely absent. There was nothing. So maybe they do have something planned for the beginning of the year, like their January Direct or February Direct that they normally do. But that was a little disappointing. We saw Reggie, which was nice. But it is weird that Nintendo wasn't there. But honestly, I feel like there was enough other announcements from other developers that it didn't make it that big of a deal. I'm very indifferent to Nintendo not showing anything at the Game Awards. Like, I've always felt that Nintendo doesn't really care for the Game Awards, and I don't think they have for a long time. And Smash announcements were, like, different because they need events. Like, they're looking for events to show off Smash announcements because there's so many of them. So I feel like those are a little different. But yeah, I, I honestly wasn't anticipating much if at all anything Nintendo today, and I'm honestly not disappointed. I don't think I watched for anything Nintendo, and I do like when Nintendo gets to kind of announce their own things because it's usually accompanied with a lot more context and a lot more information, and I just feel like the Game Awards isn't a great place for Nintendo to announce anything, and most of their stuff is already announced at this point, right? Like, unless they were going to announce something brand new, I feel like it just wasn't the place. Overall, solid Game Awards, you know, like some great announcements, some interesting ones, some things we're looking forward to, some things that are coming soon, some things that are coming later. Some things we're hoping are good, like Sonic. But overall, yeah, I think that's kind of it. That's the Game Awards. So thank you for listening, everybody. We have a couple more podcasts that will drop before the holiday season really kicks off. And then we're going to go on a bit of a hiatus We'll talk a bit more about that later on, but thank you for tuning in. That brings us to the end of today's quest. If you like what you heard today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button. If you want to contribute to the conversation, um, let us know anything you thought about the Game Awards, whether it be about the announcements or about the results. You know, Share your thoughts. Leave us a comment. And if you have any icebreakers, like we said before, just leave us a comment. So we'll see you next time at the Hub. And Mateo, Will you send us off? Unfortunately, we couldn't celebrate at this year's Game Awards, but there's always next year. Microsoft, make a new banjo game. See you later, everybody.